Hello, everybody, and welcome to the June 23rd, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Efrob Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, the slippery slope that the right warned us about with the Confederate monuments is absolutely accurate. Ignore the fact that I never said it wasn't accurate, because apparently I said that. Um... I would like to say that apparently they were wrong. It is totally accurate. You see, first they go after Confederate generals who fought to keep slavery, like Robert E. Lee and Jefferson Davis. Then, then they go after people who took part in the slave trade. I know, I know, and committed genocide against Native Americans. We have slipped down this slope to insanity, people. Yes, they took down the statue of Andrew Jackson, uh, the former president most known for starting the Trail of Tears and committing some genocide against the Native Americans, and for that matter, owning slaves. Yeah, I don't really miss this guy. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't really miss him. I really don't. I should also note that for years there has been a movement to take Andrew Jackson off the $20 bill. And replace him with the typical person I've heard mentioned is Harriet Tubman. And for that movement, I'm also in support of, in part because Harriet Tubman was just objectively a better person than Andrew Jackson. You know, I wonder how Dinesh D'Souza reacted to this. I mean, on one hand, he said they'd never go after Democrats, and on the other hand, now they're going after Democrats. He didn't really react when they went after progressive Theodore Roosevelt, besides saying they wouldn't go after Lyndon Johnson. Um, let's see how he reacted to this. I bet I bet it's crazy. I bet it's crazy. So this is from Dinesh D'Souza just yet today on Twitter. I'm no fan of Andrew Jackson, a crook in the tradition of Hillary and Biden. Wouldn't really call him a crook, or at least that's not what I would place as his biggest issue. Like, yeah, maybe he was corrupt. I'm no expert on him, but I think there were some bigger issues. Founder of the Party of Slavery, Segregation, and the KKK, not my kind of guy. Even so, I defend his monument because there is a lawful process for deciding these matters. We cannot submit to the mob. Well, you know what? That's actually a surprisingly uh, mature response from someone like Dinesh D'Souza. And you know what? I'll give him credit there. Huh. So, wait a minute. We don't have anything crazy coming out of D'Souza. Who else do we got? I mean... There has to be someone saying something crazy we can talk about. You know, I got an idea. You know what? Let's talk about Sean King. Apparently, he's had some crazy reaction to this. For those who don't know, Sean King is a left-wing civil rights activist. And I would just like to open with, I don't hate Sean King, okay? I don't particularly mind him in general. I actually agree with him some, a decent amount of the time on issues like the current justice system not being the best, to put it mildly, as you can tell by what I've been saying about it on this podcast. With that said, there are tons of controversies he's been he's gotten into, most notably uh, the debatable claim about whether or not he's biracial. Um, but that's not a topic we're getting into right now. Instead, we'll just talk about his reaction to this. So this is what he tweeted yesterday. Yes, I think the statues of the white Europeans they claim is Jesus should also come down. Now, for the record, Sean, to my understanding, is Christian and actually was a pastor for a little bit, for a decent amount of time. 
So this is not some raging atheist saying this. This is a Christian saying this. They are a form of white supremacy. Always have been. In the Bible, when the family of Jesus wanted to hide and blend in, guess where they went? Egypt, not Denmark. Tear them down. I mean, they, they couldn't really go to Denmark because Denmark didn't really exist at that time. And Denmark was established in the 8th century, dude. Are they supposed to wait 800 years and then start blending in? I know what you mean. This is just a really, really weird comment. Uh, he then said later, Yes, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. They are a gross form of white supremacy created as a tool of racial oppression, racial propaganda. They should all come down. Um, I have mixed feelings on this. On one hand, King is completely correct that it is not historically accurate to portray someone like Jesus Christ as a white guy. With that said, I am an atheist, and as such, I don't believe that it's really accurate to portray um, anyone in the Middle East as the Jesus Christ of the Bible, but that's a different story entirely. I mention this because my atheism is really the main thing that it's in the way of me agreeing with Sean King. Yes, the depiction of Jesus Christ as a white man is, or at least as white, he was certainly a man. Uh, to be clear, not saying otherwise, just focusing on the white part. The portrayal of Jesus Christ as white is completely a myth. With that said, so is any other depiction of Jesus Christ that you will get from the typical version of the Bible you buy at Walmart. Okay? As such, giving him a different skin color is not going to make him more historically accurate. True, you have fixed one minor problem with the historical accuracy. However, there are still millions of other ones. Okay, I'm exaggerating. There's still tons of other ones that you have not fixed. You have just changed the skin color of the myth from one to another. As such, I feel like the question becomes, when does changing a myth in of itself become a myth? For the vast majority of Christianity in Europe and the United States, Jesus Christ has been portrayed as a white guy. Considering Jesus Christ is a myth to begin with, in my mind, I really don't feel it all that different, regardless of his skin color, if he's brown or white. The fact is, the only difference is the skin color of the myth. Yes, the white version of Jesus Christ probably is entirely inaccurate. However, at this point, it has taken on basically such a life of its own, to the point where it's always portrayed as that in media, that to change it would basically be recreating the myth from a ground up, or from the ground up. Which I don't know if I would want to do. With that said, I'm an atheist. I don't go to any churches or anything. So if churches decide that they want to replace their stained glass windows with more historically accurate skin color for Jesus Christ, I'm not going to complain. Uh, with that said, I just think there are a million other issues we could be focusing on or, uh, instead of the skin color of a myth. You know, that's just, that's just me, though. Anyway, with the continuing coverage of the Seattle Autonomous Zone, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin is finally ready to do something. You ready? 
You ready? Because she announced on Twitter the event that finally caused her to step up and take action. In the past two nights, three different people have been shot at CHOP. No, not the Canadian House of Pancakes, the Seattle Autonomous Zone. Two were injured, and one has tragically died. For the record, Seattle has one of the highest crime rates in the nation. By November of 2019, not the end of the year, just by November, there were 35 murders in Seattle. Okay, and that is with the current hashtag law and order of Seattle. So, no concerns there. Nothing needs reform. 35 murders, eh, who cares? One person gets shot in the Seattle Autonomous Zone, and that's the end result of anarchy. Being 135th as dangerous as Seattle. Think about that for a second. But don't you worry. Don't you worry. She has a plan to get people out of the dangerous murder zone that's 135th as dangerous as the rest of Seattle. You see, according to the Seattle Times, Durkin said they'd ask people to leave the area voluntarily at night. What happens if they refuse? Uh, are you gonna just remain peacefully asking them, or are you gonna um, get a little less peaceful, we'll say? Serious question, serious question. Not like concern trolling, seriously asking, what do you plan to do if they say no? Which they have good reason to do, considering it's ran by somebody who can't do basic math. Other reports say that she said that the police will, quote, be peacefully returning, peacefully, guys, peacefully, to the Seattle Autonomous Zone. Because, of course, of course. Again, again, without the police, there have been 135th as many deaths as there have been in the rest of Seattle last year. But this is dangerous. This is anarchy, guys. This is, oh my god, am I the only one who can see how transparent this is? Really? And yes, I know Durkin is currently talking about law reform and all of that, but to, to be blunt, I don't expect her to go through with much of it. But hey, hey, I've been proven wrong before, I've been proven wrong before. I hope she does, I hope she does. However, I do want to note that this is complete nonsensical rhetoric. Again, as I have pointed out several times throughout this segment, it is safer to be in the Seattle Autonomous Zone than the rest of Seattle. But don't you worry, guys. Don't you worry. Jenny Durkin is going to go over there and make it even more safe by bringing the people who they're protesting to get away from. Great idea. I imagine there will be no violence. Great idea. Great idea. Oh, my God. Just, wow. This is going to be a disaster. We, we all know this is going to be a disaster. And I will be watching and commentating on it, by the way. And, for the record, when it does turn out to be a disaster, I am going to scream, I told you so. Because, apparently, I'm the only one who realizes that taking the people they're trying to get away from and putting it into the zone they created to get away from them, 
is not going to be the best idea. Anyway, Wayne Allen Root, he was the Libertarian nominee for vice president in 2008. Then he was the head of the party for like a month before he switched to Republicans because he just couldn't resist Mitt Romney's face. He wrote an article for the Gateway Pundit, which is a stupid name for a website, by the way. I mean, are you, is it a gateway to pundancy? Is it saying that being a pundit is a gateway drug? First, they get you on the pundancy. Then they move you up to the harder stuff, like campaign manager. Anyway, he wrote an article titled, Is America Staring Down the Path of Nazi Germany? Uh, <laughs> great title, great title. Now listen, I just want to say, Wayne Allen Root has studied the beginning of the Nazi Holocaust, and he has figured out the exact pattern. He even bullet-pointed exactly how it started in Nazi Germany all those decades ago. You guys ready? Here's what happened. Windows shattered, stores looted and burned. So, a riot happens, okay, well that did happen in Nazi Germany, it also happened in the U.S. quite a few times. We, we had a riot in L.A. in 92. That's just off the top of my head. Did we become Nazis in 93? I don't really think so. I don't remember that. Um, unless you, of course, want to talk about noted fascist Bill Clinton. Ooh. Bill Clinton's not a fascist, you idiots. Sorry, I had to say that because there are some people who would genuinely take that comment seriously. Black shirts roaming the streets demanding people kneel at their feet. Okay, so people in shirts that are black, um... Censorship, book burning, snitching by neighbors and co-workers. He doesn't cite examples of any of these, by the way. Just want to make it clear. Media propaganda and manipulation. Oh, man. This basically describes, like, any even mildly authoritarian system. I mean, I'll give you this, that I disagree with these, but that doesn't make them the start of Nazi Germany, specifically. The police and good people doing nothing to help. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, so you may be thinking these examples are really vague and don't really prove much of anything. But don't you worry, Wayne Allen Root thought of that. And actually made a second list of bullet points, which are more specific. Many of us are expecting some aspects of this dark period in American history, including, you're right, this is evidence that we're turning into Nazis. Many of us don't fly an American flag at our home, or dare put a Trump sign in our lawn, or in our store window, or a Trump bumper sticker on our car for fear of violence or vandalism. Wait, because the Nazis were known for their lack of patriotism towards Germany? It doesn't make any sense. You're, wouldn't, like, Nazis... Fascism, for those who don't know, is basically complete worship of the state. Wouldn't a fascist demand you do all that? An American fascist, at least. But, okay, okay. Turn on the TV. We all see supposedly rational and respected people calling us racist solely because of our skin color. Example, please, Wayne? You got any examples of this? Our free speech is monitored, censored, shadow banned, or outright banned by those who control social media. Yeah, um, 
political enemies of the Nazis didn't really have to worry about getting shadow banned from Twitter. Uh, they had to worry about being put in these things, you might have heard of them, Wayne, uh, called concentration camps. The first of which were specifically opened for political prisoners, by the way. They didn't put Jews in there for quite a while. But, okay, okay. Our great American history is being destroyed, denigrated, or erased. Dude, Hitler was obsessed with the lessons of history. He was obsessed with German history. Like, do you know nothing about the Nazi government in the slightest or the ideology of fascism? Probably not, because you write for the Gateway Pundit. Radicals are toppling the statues of Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and even abolitionists. Heroes who bravely fought against slavery. Yeah, a Nazi wouldn't do that. A Nazi would demand we idealize our ancestors. Do you, have you ever read Mein Kampf or listened to a single Hitler speech or know anything? The Nazis didn't say, listen, if you're pure German, you're evil. They said, if you're pure German, that's the only way you could be in Germany. I'm not making that. Do you know nothing? Do you know absolutely nothing about Nazism outside of it just being a snarl world for anything you consider authoritarian, but not for your taste? Serious question. A black NASCAR driver can wrap his car with Black Lives Matter, but an NBA announcer loses his job for saying all lives matter, and a Philadelphia newspaper editor is forced to resign for writing Buildings Matter 2 as his city burns. Well, for one, the Nazis did not believe Black Lives Matter. They didn't think that needed to be said, but apparently it did. And although they would have probably fired a guy for saying all lives matter, so that's one comparison. That is one valid comparison. I'll give you that much. NFL superstar quarterback Drew Brees was forced to beg for forgiveness for saying that he will always stand for our national anthem. Again, Nazis would demand that you stand for the national anthem. Because Nazism is an extreme form of nationalism. That's one of the reasons why the Nazi party translated to the Nationalist Socialist German Workers' Party. College football coach Mike Gundy was forced to beg for forgiveness from his players for wearing a t-shirt with the name of a conservative TV network, One American News. It wasn't just that One American News was conservative, okay? This is, this is something they love doing. They'll point the farthest reaching examples that they will deny by the way, if you press them on it, are part of their movement most of the time. And say, oh, well, they're just conservative. No, one American news issue is not that it was just conservative. One American news issue was that it was honestly the most dogmatic network you could find. Okay, that's the issue. It was dogmatic to the point of wanting to screw over people who weren't like them. That was the issue at hand. It had nothing to do with the guy disagreeing with Black Lives Matter. It had to do with One American News not exactly being the best news source. And that's putting it nicely. Demented never-Trumper Wick Wilson tried to destroy Domino's Pizza for a corporate tweet thanking a prominent Trump supporter for a compliment about their pizza 
in 2012, before Trump ever even gotten into politics. Well, actually, that was like 12 years after he ran for president in 2000. And for that matter, there were talks about him running for president in 2012. Like, did you just completely forget that? And he had been a noted political figure since around 2010. But okay, all of that, all of that is... And by the way, how is that Nazi-like? You forgot that part. You really did. Again, fascism is worship of the state. A Nazi-style system would demand that you only eat pizza from people. Who, and what do you mean Rick Wilson tried to destroy Domino's? Did Rick Wilson, like, try and burn down that Domino's? He doesn't cite a source for anything he says in this article, by the way, so I'm going to say it's the most ridiculous thing possible, because Wayne Allen Root is really, really stupid. But, okay, he has more examples. Because, of course he does. Why wouldn't he? Ahem. Today, Black Lives Matter protesters in Paris chant dirty Jews. Okay, that's the first valid comparison. The Marxist mayor of New York City, Marxism isn't fascism, by the way. In fact, Hitler hated Marxism. Hence why one of the first groups of political prisoners put in the concentration camps were communists. Whoops. With tens of thousands at a Black Trans Lives Matter event in Brooklyn, um, because Hitler was well known. Yeah, Hitler completely burnt down the sex research and sexuality research facilities in Germany, by the way. He did not believe that Black Trans Lives Matter. Again, I can't believe I have to say this, but Wayne Allen Root is really, really stupid. Event in Brooklyn while ordering parks and playgrounds for Orthodox Jewish children wielded shut. That's more hypocrisy than anything else, which, yeah, is bad, and Hitler was a hypocrite. So are most politicians, though. Um, and by the way, it wasn't specifically Orthodox Jewish playgrounds that were shut down. It was also churches and mosques. Um, of course, we didn't hear about that as much because Christians, and especially Muslims, actually followed the law. I know. Amazing. Today's versions of book burnings is Amazon banning Gone with the Wind, temporarily, might I add. And by the way, you can find Gone with the Wind on YouTube if you look hard enough. This is the worst book burning ever. Google blanking out pictures of Winston Churchill. They did that, like, once, but okay, not really a book burning. You can still click, you can still Google Winston Churchill, click images, and figure out what Winston Churchill looked like. At most, they made it mildly more frustrating. Hollywood canceling Cops and Live PD, those shows are still on the air? Huh, didn't realize that. I'm sorry, the reason I'm going so hard on this article is if you want to argue certain aspects of the modern left are authoritarian, I'll agree with you, okay? If this was a typical, the left is authoritarian article, I wouldn't have cared, I might have even agreed with it. 
However, if you want to compare actions in the United States to the massacres and horrors done by the Nazi government, at the very least, I expect you to have a basic understanding of the ideologies of fascism and Adolf Hitler. I don't think that is too much to ask, but on the other hand, here we are, folks, Wayne Allen Root. Anyway, now it's time for the continuing misadventures of Andrew Como, where we look at the continuous failure of New York Governor Andrew Como to do basically anything, including figure out his own political positions. Now, Andrew Como has gotten into a giant controversy over his handling of COVID-19, most notably that he let people infected with COVID-19 enter nursing homes, a.k.a. the one place we do not want people with COVID-19 to be at. Um, I thought the whole reason we were in lockdown was because otherwise Grandma would die. Now what Andrew Como was doing was basically saying, let COVID-19 infected patients go spend as much time with your grandma as possible. Cough in her face while you're at it. Yesterday, Andrew Como was asked on MSNBC about his recent actions. Here is what he had to say. Let, let's listen. They don't. Uh, Governor, House Republicans are right. looking into New York's March 25th order that directed nursing homes to take in infected patients. This thing is not going away, sir. 6,300 people died in New York nursing homes. That is the most in this country. The more time has passed, the more your office has been able to look into this. Do you take responsibility for that order and the role it may have played in those deaths? Yeah, the Republicans definitely are playing politics. Uh, they don't want to talk about how well, they are, are now are handling this COVID lives. virus. Yes, I understand that. Uh, and there are facts also, Stephanie. So let's look at the facts, right, rather than the political rhetoric. Uh, yes, we had more people die in nursing homes than anywhere else because we had more people die. Because the federal government missed the boat and never told us that this virus was coming from Europe and not from China. And I have a series of questions. Uh, first off, I love how he dismisses it as political partisanship. Yes, all those people who died in nursing homes were really partisan. Now, don't older New Yorkers, like, weren't that, wasn't that one of your biggest bases when you ran for governor? Um, just, just, just saying, Andrew. And for that matter, he then says, let's stop talking about the political rhetoric. He doesn't actually answer the question just yet. He wants to make it sound like he's above the fray. And I hate that. I hate, 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 hate Andrew Coma. I really do. I hate his rhetoric primarily for that reason. He always wants to pretend like he's above the fray. When no, no, he's not. He's a typical politician. He is. You might remember, we played the clip earlier this month. This is June 5th. Um, when there were reports of New York police members, the, the NYPD, directly attacking people for violating uh, curfew laws, some of which weren't even resisting arrest. He was asked about that, and he said... Well, are you really suggesting they attack the police officers for no reason? Or they attack the protesters for no reason? One, no. Two, even if they were, can you prove that wrong? Can you say that didn't happen? 
Um, and his response, by the way, doesn't make any sense. So the continent of origin is what caused you to make that decision? What was your initial plan exactly, Andrew? Was it just to ban anyone with slanted eyes from entering a nursing home? Because that's kind of racist. Like, I never thought I'd say this, but Andrew Como, you're a little racist. I mean, it shouldn't matter, for the record, if it came from Europe or from Asia. It should matter who is most likely to be killed by it. The answer is old people. We've known that from day one. Okay, that has been what the CDC is telling us. It's been what the White House is telling us. It's been what every government agency has been telling us, including your own. And therefore, it doesn't matter what race they are. It doesn't matter where they've been in the past three years. You should not let people with COVID-19 into nursing homes. I did not believe that I needed to state that. Well, what does this continent argument even have to do with anything? Honestly, what does it have to do with anything? What do, do you think that... I don't even know what you think. Okay, for those who are wondering if he's making some kind of argument that Europeans, if they were coming from Europe, they'd be immune to this disease. Well, wait, that actually would be the opposite of the argument he'd have to make. But, okay. New York, by the way, is a very diverse state. So the continent of origin has no relevance to herd immunity. If that's what he's going for, I don't even know what he's going for because that response is so nonsensical. Because Andrew Como is a nonsensical person who says nonsensical things. Don't you worry, though. Don't you worry, though. Because this isn't the last time he made this argument. When he was interviewed on the Today Show recently, he decided to bring back an old chestnut. And by all, I mean a day old. Enjoy. Governor, I have to ask you about what happened in nursing homes in this state. In March, you issued a directive that nursing homes could not turn away those who had COVID, which exposed a vulnerable population. You have 5,800 people die in senior homes in this state. In retrospect, was that order a mistake? I know that guidance has since been changed. No, we followed federal guidance on the nursing homes. So what we did here in New York is nothing different than what the federal government put out as guidance for every state. Yes, people died in nursing homes, Savannah. Uh, no, look, if you look at how many people died in nursing homes in New York compared to other states, we actually have a lower percentage of people who died in nursing homes. But we had more people die than any other state. That's a fact. The reason that happened was because we had the virus coming from Europe when the federal government told us the virus was coming from China. Here's a simple two-word, six-letter question I wish they would ask Andrew Cuomo. So what? So what if the virus was coming from Europe and not from China? How does that therefore mean that you should force North nursing homes to take COVID-19 patients? How do those two things equate to each other? Because I'd love to hear the answer, Andrew. I would. I would love to hear the answer. You're not going to give the answer because the answer doesn't make any sense. Why does the country of origin matter so much? Why, if somebody has the flu, 
Okay, do you go, well, before I come in, I got to know, is that blue strain from North Korea or is it from uh, Brazil? Because if it's the Brazilian flu, I don't have an issue. If it's North Korea, no, you don't. You don't. You say, don't come in there or don't come in here. You have the flu. Is that how you're, you work with employees? When a staffer calls a day off, do you go, oh, well, you have a... Uh, you, you're sick? Well, tell me, does your illness come from what continent does your illness specifically come from? I've got to know before I can say you should, you should stay home today. It doesn't make any sense. It honestly does not make any sense. Andrew Como does not make any sense as a person. Because he is complete, he's an idiot. He is an idiot. And he is one of the worst governors in the U.S. right now. And there's some stiff competition for that. I despise Andrew Como. I want to make that clear. I despise him so much. Anyway, uh, you may remember last week we covered Virginia Senator Tim Kaine saying that the United States created slavery. Now, that was wrong, okay? You might also remember that we saw Tom Cotton say that if we continue tearing down these statues, we might name D.C. the Obelisk of Wokeness. Which was just stupid. Now, in my head, I was debating who was the dumber one of those two between Tim Cotton or yeah, Tom Cotton and Tim Kaine. Um, then I saw this clip today. Under most days, this would not be an extraordinary news clip, but I just feel it's worth showing to show just how oblivious Tom Cotton is to reality. Enjoy. Witness the events of just this past weekend, where mobs tore down statues of George Washington and Ulysses S. Grant. When you tear down statues of Washington and Grant, it's not about the Civil War, it's because you hate America. And indeed, these rioters hate America. In Portland, where they tore down the statue of Washington, they also spray painted on him the date 1619, a reference to the New York Times's revisionist anti-American history project. Now, I haven't talked much about the 1619 Project, mostly because I just don't have anything to say about it. They have had a few interesting articles, like there was one on a false belief about physical racial differences among doctors that has had negative consequences as a result. Uh, African Americans, for instance, are much less likely to be prescribed painkillers than white Americans. There's a belief among medical doctors that they just can tolerate pain more or that they enjoy being in pain more, whatever that means. Um, and these were in medical textbooks, by the way, up until very recently. Uh, there were others that said things like Native Americans, if you ask them on a scale of 1 to 10, what, how much pain are you in, they'll give you a magical, mystical number that they picked for religious purposes. Like, that was in genuine medical textbooks, until disturbingly recently. And I'm talking last decade. And remember, we're in the first year of the new decade, despite what your most obnoxious friend wants to tell you. Now, with that said, what is 1619 a reference to? Because that's really the important part. Why did the New York Times pick 1619? Was it because it's their 1619th project? But where's the other 1618? No, you imbecile. You complete imbecile. They picked that because 1619 was the year 
the first group of African slaves arrived in Virginia. Okay, that's why they picked that, because the project was about institutional racism. And that was the year Africans were first dragged here against their will into the state of Virginia. Okay? It wasn't because, and mind you, I'm sure some of the protesters do actually hate America. I'm going to give Tom Cotton that. Now, I would give him much more credit if he didn't also once say that you hated America if you, or that you were a communist if you didn't believe that the Wuhan, or that the uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, was specifically created in a lab in Wuhan, China to destroy America. Seriously, he said that. We played on the show and then mocked him for it for like a month. Because it was the dumbest thing he had ever said. He's a boy who cried wolf, I'm sorry. And I normally don't use that phrase, but after saying something that ludicrous, then yeah, I'm never going to take what you have to say about anti-Americanism seriously ever again. And I'm not sorry for that. Um, but I mentioned the 1619 thing because this is a perfect example of somebody who simply doesn't want to know about history. You see, the reason they put 1619 on the Washington Statute is because Washington did own slaves. That's just an objective fact. Washington did own slaves. Okay? A good portion of our early presidents did. In fact, the last president to own slaves was Ulysses S. Grant, the Union General. It was for a brief time, and he had very few slaves, but he did have slaves. That's just an objective fact. Okay? However, Cotton doesn't want to know that. He instead sees 1619, thinks 1619, where have I seen that number before? The New York Times used that number. Uh, therefore, they all hate America, and doesn't look deeper into this. You know, there were people who were genuinely offended when Beto O'Rourke said that American history started in 1619 and not 1776. My stance is American history didn't really start in either of those times. Uh, American history and the form of America as a continent really started around the same time Pangea broke up, all things considered, which was thousands upon thousands of years ago. And for that matter, there were also things like Native American. Some Native American cities were actually like as large as Paris at the time. But no, American history started just a couple of centuries ago, you know, just just a century or two ago. Just started in 1619. Or just started in 1776. That would actually bothered me the most about Beto O'Rourke's comments, by the way. American history started in 1619. So wait, was this continent completely excellent beforehand? Well, even ignoring Columbus, no. No, it wasn't. There were millions of Native Americans here each with their own sovereign city-states and complex political systems. There's actually a really interesting Adam Ruins Everything episode on this topic, which I'd recommend you all give a watch. Um, it's on Hulu, so go watch it. it. It just bothers me. It honestly does bother me, though. But what bothers me more is people who deny it and then say, actually, American history started even earlier, or started even more recently, started in 1776. Nothing in the U.S. happened, and in 1776, boom, it just spawned out of nowhere. You know, most American history books are like the Vikings, right? You are aware, like the 12th century, 
you are aware of that concept. And if you mean the United States of America, then I, as in what we currently think of it, that's not even true. That's not even true. Because our view on our Constitution that we currently have that's enforced by courts wasn't really determined until around the 1870s. Up until then, the Constitution really only restricted the federal government. State governments could do whatever they wanted. So even if you want to make the argument that it started in 1776, because that's when we declared independence from Britain, side note, if you want to use that argument, um, that doesn't even make sense from a constitutional standpoint, because our Constitution wasn't even written until, I think it was 1787. Or was it 17? No, it was 1789. My bad. 1788-1789. So why doesn't history start there? Why are we drawing these arbitrary lines? Why well, history just starts when time starts? But that's a different rant I've been going on for a while now. The main reason I wanted to show this clip was because it shows Tom Cotton doesn't want to think about context. He doesn't want to think about anything deeper. He just wants to think there were some good people who declared America, who declared independence for Britain, and a lot of them were good people for their time. They had some flaws, though, and maybe we shouldn't build statues on them if those flaws are too major. Okay, that's all anyone is saying. I promise you that. And he sees the number 1619 and thinks, there's no connection here between anything besides that New York Times um, project. And they just picked number 1619 out of the blue. No, no, and he doesn't know what year slaves first came to Virginia. He probably doesn't even, he might not even know there was slavery at this point. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying he does, it wouldn't surprise me. Cotton is just that stupid. He is honestly just that stupid. He doesn't want you to think because he doesn't think. Tom Cotton cannot think. It's that simple. Anyway, that's all for tonight. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll probably enjoy my book, The Establishment is Dead, Long Lived Establishment. You can buy it on Amazon right now. It's really cheap. Really cheap. Follow me on Twitter from Josie1. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email me at Review at gmail.com. That's peaceableglobalistreview at gmail.com. This is the name of the show at gmail.com. I am Ephraim, and good night.